okay, this this question. Uh, I'll just ask it. But I I like to say that I live life a half a day at a time. That's how I got my name, Hildo. Yeah, S- school. I'm gonna reach you on Twitter. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Hildo Spills the Beans. Tonight, I have a very special guest with me, my brother, Matt. Hi. Hey. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into the questions? I'd, I'm happy to. You know a lot about me, so yeah. I'll probably say some things that you <laughs> yeah, already so know. I'm, I'm going to tailor my questions. I told you before, but I'm going to tailor my questions. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I am uh, older than Dave. By a few years. Yeah. And it probably shows in a couple of different ways. I have more kids than he does. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know, you're healthier than I am, I <laughs> and think. I, I, uh, I've been married to my lovely wife, Chloe, for uh, almost 15 years. we got four kids. And I'm uh, an electrical engineer by day. write a little bit of software, too. Um, and I love it. I love engineering. I love making things. And uh, I love playing with my children. And I love Jesus. And I love being married to my wife. I like, nice. my, I like my brother too. He's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have a pretty good relationship. I always like the fact that I, I talk to so many people that have families with, with siblings and they're like, ah, yeah, I don't really talk to And we see each other weekly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I always, I'm surprised when people say they don't get along with their, yeah. with their siblings. Yeah. Me too. Well, I mean, we, we but, get into it every once in a while, hopefully not in the air, but, you know, oh no! Look out! And nothing like ever, nothing ever big, <laughs> small stuff. Don't but. tell them about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're perfect. Uh, all right. So, normal, normal thing. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you some questions, and then at the end, you get to ask me a question. All right. Um, I have listened to the show before, so I yeah. Know so you're prepared. Going. Well, for some of the things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to throw any surprises at you. I will ask some questions that are, like I told you, a little bit more. That's okay. Like Edgy. Yeah, not even edgy, but more <laughs> like uh, idea-based, I think. Like, okay. I, yeah, philosophical questions, maybe, just because I, I feel like I know your answers. So sorry, audience, because you're not going to learn the, the what's-his-favorite TV show tonight. Sorry. You could tell that at the end if you want, but. I'll, I'll save it for the end. It'll probably come out, but I'm kind of lame, and I'm not up to I'm not up to snuff on my social media and things that hit people do like yeah. watch TV. I was thinking about how normally I normally when I post the episode, I post the person's Twitter account and Instagram, and yeah, no luck for you. I do have a Twitter. Oh yeah, you have Twitter now. now. I'll put I, I'll put you, you on know, Twitter. It's just weeks old. So that's I'm, right. I'm I forgot. Into the age. All right, I'll put your Twitter handle. And I have a cell phone now. Mm-hmm. That's that was a big step. I think that, I think that upped our communication. Probably with iMessage. Thanks, Apple. But, all right. What is your midnight snack? My go-to first answer or first question. And so I knew this one was coming, but I still don't feel like I have a good answer for it. I I do eat. <laughs> That's good. That's and I am often start. up until midnight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because so you're you're kind of a night owl. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I try to I try to go to bed at the same time as Chloe because it's just nice to be able to do that and yeah. day together. But there's a lot of times we'll have work to do or whatever, and I'll be up really late. And really late for me means you know, twelve, one or one thirty, something like That's that. That's really late on a work night. And then get up 
and get up around seven to go yeah. to work the next day. I think you and I are the same way in that way where we both stay up pretty late. But if I do stay up that late, I do eat something, and it's usually a toss-up between uh, ice cream, uh-huh. which can be like whatever kind of ice cream we have around. I make my own ice cream, and so it'll often be ice cream that I made. Which is really tasty. What's what's your latest flavor? Um, I, my standby flavor, if I have enough time to make it, is um, a chocolate ice cream. So oh, it's okay. a chocolate custard. Oh, so it's it's a little fussy. Like, do all you that. start it on the stove and like? Yeah, okay. you cook egg yolks on the stove really slow, mm-hmm. and, and then you have to let that chill for a long time over an ice bath, and it's oh man, it that takes, sounds amazing. It takes forever, and you melt. You don't use like that cocoa powder because that's the wrong consistency. You melt chocolate bars to put into it, so I'll get decent milk chocolate bars and melt them. Wow. And it's, I'm guessing you're not good. talking Hershey bars either. No, well, the, we had some from IKEA and they were pretty. Oh, okay. they're actually pretty good. I tried Baker's chocolate once and it was gritty, like kind of oh. grainy. So that's a that's a favorite. The other one is just a vanilla ice cream, but then with fresh raspberries from the garden. So we like to do oh, a lot of gardening. That's fun. So I'll do that, or I'll do cereal. Cereal's like a standby. I think it's cereal. a I think it's a Hilden Boys I thing. Might be. I think Justin said that was one of his. Yeah, right? Justin Justin said that on there, and another cousin. I know our other cousins eats like. I always remember like, J. Joel, Patrick yeah. family like there. Cereal people. Yep. If I need protein, though, I'll make eggs. Oh, at night even? Yeah, just like fry some eggs, a little hot sauce on there. That's pretty good. That's a morning food for me. Some salsa. I don't know. I'm all over the map. All right, we'll do the we'll do the next one here. This is this is the the movie question for me. But what book or movie can you read or watch over and over again? Um, I, I think I have a couple of books. So yeah, I have have two books. If I'm allowed to have two books. Oh yeah, totally. Um, one of them is Jaber Crow by Wendell Berry. Oh, that's, that was, yeah, you gave that to me. That was an amazing book. It's just, I don't know. I don't know why I like it. It's about a barber and it's about his life from, from as far back as he can remember, like his earliest memory. And then it goes all the way until he's like retired and. It's just about him growing up in a fictional town called Port William, and it's a slow-paced book. It doesn't move very fast, and it follows the life of a barber, which, as you can imagine, is not like <laughs> amazingly exciting. Yeah, but it's it's real. It's kind of real life. And I I, I enjoy seriously, it. I really don't think I would describe too many books this way, but I really think that book is beautiful. Yeah. Like it's beautifully written. I would say that, <clears throat> and it's I don't know. There's it just a, has a special pace a about it. Characters in the book is. I don't want to use the word creepy, but it's, it's yeah. It's like, is that appropriate? I don't, I don't know. It, it, yeah, I a, do remember that. Yeah. It. The other book that I that I love, and maybe the only book that I've ever like finished it and then just said I'm gonna read it again and just went back to page one and started it over again, was Orson Scott Card's Speaker for the Dead. I love that book. So you wrote it. You read it back to back. Like, yep. I read oh, it man. and then just didn't want to stop, so just rewound to the beginning of page one and started over again. We've mentioned it a couple. Well, that Ender's Game. You guys talked about that. Yeah, because I had Lee on the episode, and he was talking yeah. about really loving those books. Yeah, and you recommended that to me, and I really liked it. I, th- I, I think I don't remember if I said it on the Lee episode or not, but I liked it better than Ender's Game. I think. I've I've gone back to Ender's Game many times too, but I I really like that one. The Speaker for the Dead, just the concept of these like traveling, you know, 
almost time travel, sort of, you know, because they don't age while they're going above light speed. Right. But a, a, like a traveling minister that comes and does a funeral, that's really what it's about. Speaker for the Dead is sort of like a funeral where instead of talking about all the nice things about a person, you talk about everything, good things and bad, and hard things too. And mm-hmm. it's a it's an interesting concept that... And Orson Scott Card will go and he'll actually be a speaker at people's funerals. Like oh, people seriously? People have asked him to do that. It's it's interesting. And he's done it? Yeah, as far so, as I know. So then does he go... He must have to go and like collect tons of information. Yeah, it's like a lot of research and you get to know people and it's an unvarnished view of someone's life. Secrets that were kept come out and it's, oh, the book man. is a lot, about, a lot about that. But also about his... Um, personal development because it's the speaker in the book is ender from ender's game yeah but he's older right and a lot of that comes out in the book and it's his own character development and journey and all that's really good the the movie one i do have a movie too okay and it might surprise you but it's the sound of music oh um i knew you liked it my mom had us watch that movie all the time when we were kids yeah some of the movies that we watched a lot when we were kids i can't stand like (laughs) carrie grant audrey hepburn bringing up baby baby. if i had to watch that again i might gouge my eyes out Um, (laughs) they have they have a cheetah (laughs) isn't that might be the only redeeming quality in the movie i don't know the cheater the cheetah had a nice performance i forgot about overlooked what about seven brides for seven brothers is that i've never seen it oh really really you must have been in college when that maybe, one was forced maybe. upon no, us. The other one, the other one that I remember from mom was the the uh, Peter Pan one. Oh, what Mary Martin's that? Peter yes, Pan. Yes, Mary Martin's Peter Pan, mm-hmm. oh. which is basically a play. It is. Yeah. It's just a play filmed, I think, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I totally uh, remember. I remember mom loving that. But the sound music is an excellent film. It's stuck. Yeah, that's a, that's good. That holds up. I don't know if bringing up baby holds up. I don't know. <laughs> the listeners can decide. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Let's bring it back. So many memories of like mom and aunt Becky <laughs> singing. Whenever the cousins were together, it's like, what should we do? Let's watch bringing up. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I had the power to say no and not watch it. And yet I watched it over and over and over again. Maybe we should have uh, a movie night and watch oh, it together. Man. Maybe we would both love it now yeah, as adults. And I, we'll like I, force our I kids to it. watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well didn't i remember mom going to like a sing-along thing where they played the sound of music and then everyone could sing along in the theater oh okay well we went we went to a concert just like a couple of months oh, ago Oh yeah, you and your family did right that was oh, it was just me and chloe and oh, our okay. good friends mark and mandy uh, but we went to see the von traps so it was the von traps grandchildren like the so in the movie there's kurt the guy that was portrayed as kurt it was his grandkids and they travel the world and they're musicians and they're really good. Which but one's they, Kurt? One um, of the kids? One of the younger kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the younger boy kids. And um, they were excellent. It was really, really good. But they, they had, they the had a time the where they, they like taught the audience the concept behind yodeling, and we tried to do that for a little bit. <laughs> and then they sang Edelweiss and invited everybody yeah. to sing along. It was, it was really good. That's cool. They, they sang in different languages, which was amazing. Like They sang in, in Yiddish. And Japanese and Portuguese and French. Oh. And English, of course. And at least two other languages. Wow. They just, and I don't speak all the languages, so I don't know if their dialect was really solid. Right, but it just sounded nice. It was amazing. It was pleasing to the ears. Yeah. They sang a Japanese tango, which was really (laughs) kind of bizarre, but it was, it was really good. I have some vinyl record of like Japanese folk songs. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I get, I got it from Jeff. Okay. We'll have to listen to that. I have not listened to it yet. So it was in a box of records that he inherited somehow. That could be your first musical. Just thing throw, on throw the, some on Japanese podcast, folk music on there. It was it was like a box full of vinyls that had a bunch of random stuff and like fifteen Bob Marley albums that he had inherited. <laughs> so I have like almost the Bob Marley's entire collection on vinyl. So oh my Buffalo Soldier. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next question here. If you could be an if you could be any animal, what would you be? Um, I think I suspected you were going to ask this question too, but I didn't think about this one very hard. I think I would be a lynx. Those things, okay. are, those things are sweet. Sneaky? Yeah, sneaky, quiet, not all that big. They don't really mess with anybody and not many things mess with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess they're kind of alone, which I'm, I don't, maybe I am a loner deep inside and I haven't contemplated it much until now. Yeah. I saw one in the wild. No way. Um, this because they're they're fall. native to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was really fun to see. But they're they're pretty rare to see. I think. Yeah, I've only seen one at the zoo. Yeah, I have too. The one at the zoo makes me sad because he just passes paces around in a circle all well, day. Well, the, the 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 like the area that they actually have them in is not very big. No, it's not. It's really small there. In the Minnesota Zoo, I'm I really like. I really like the Minnesota Zoo. I do too. And the exhibit that they're in, that Minnesota trail, is is really cool. Yeah, but the actual area that they're in. I think the raccoon cage is bigger than the lake. Where <laughs> kind of they have like the fake house with yeah, the yeah. trash cans yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I, th- I think lynx change their coat too. Like their coat changes color. It's more white in the... Oh. So I don't know this. Do you like winter? I don't know this about um, you. I tolerate it. I mean, I live in Minnesota, and I continue to live here, and I've lived here all my life. So right, it's I like it well enough. My my four year old loves it. He's like so excited that winter is coming. Oh man! But I I love summer, and I love Minnesota summers. Does he like summer? And humid at all? Yeah, he does. But he's just like he asked me to, when I sing for him at bedtime. He always asked me to to sing uh, Christmas songs, like Christmas songs. Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer oh, and uh, Frosty the Snowman. Uh, when when May rolled around, yeah, I was like, "No, man, we're gonna save, <laughs> we're gonna save those so every day." It was like, "I want Frosty the Snowman." I was like, "This is your life." I think it was April. I was like, "You can sing it through the end of April, and then we're done." Oh, that's funny. You gave him a cutoff date. <laughs> I did. So yeah, I and I stick to it. But I think I think Chloe still sings it to him. So uh, I was like, "Mommy sings it to me." <laughs> and the night after the kids go to bed, they're like, "We gotta get on the same page here. <laughs> We're on the same. Team. We're not singing Christmas songs anymore." <laughs> okay this this question, uh, I'll just ask it. Okay, when you think of your home, what immediately comes to mind? I I think our home is inviting, and it's busy. I mean, it's nuts in there. It's crazy. But it's a it's a warm place that I enjoy coming home to. Like my kids are still in the age where you walk in the door and they yell "Daddy" and like run to you, you know. Which is the best. That is the best. And it's a it's a place where people that besides us can feel welcomed and invited mm-hmm. and and 
be at home. It's a safe place. Yeah, I can I I can uh, attest to that. I I was just because um, so Matt Matt came to my house a little bit early tonight, and I was helping put Max, my three year old, to bed. And when I was sitting there, so Matt and I uh, restore pinball machines together. And well, I mean, you really do the. No, that's fair. We you do, do the heavy lifting, but I, I help. I'm, I'm more the technical guy, and you're yeah, more the. I'm more the the, elbow the detailer. Yeah, we'll make it sound nice. That's the, it, detailer. That's right, the detailer. I wax the play fields and like change rubber rings and stuff. But, but we've so we've for a while there we had pinball night. Every every Thursday night we would go, and I'd show up at your house. Yep, and I like. I thought tonight how the tables have kind of turned because like you came here and I was like, Oh, I'm putting the kids to bed, just hang out in my living room. Yeah. And I have I have really good memories of just hanging out in your living room and it's like nighttime, I'm reading my book that I brought or whatever, because I knew that I'd have to hang out for a little bit. Cats with me. It's very warm and inviting. Yeah. Well and, and Chloe is she just has such an eye for small details that really make spaces great. Yeah. And so she's got a lot of things around there. And even on the outside of the house, like we have, it's not a big lot. Like it's a, I think the whole lot is one seventh of an acre and the house takes up most of that. But we have tons of gardening stuff and, you know, growing vegetables. And well, sharing, and every time I come over, I'm like, and, oh, that, that like, that's new. And yep. it might not be anything yep. big, but it's just no, small. It's, it's, sm- it's small stuff. And all of those are Chloe's ideas. Like I can, I, I make them happen or like help make them happen, but it's her idea. Totally. Yeah. I think that's cool. I'm I'm actually probably drag my feet about it, you know, like we'll just get something finished. Or or my sort of pet peeve that I jokingly give her a hard time about is we're in the middle of a project and I'm like working on it and she's like, Oh, next I wanna do this and that and I'm just like, <laughs> We need to finish this project first before you talk to me about the next one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but it's and I and I'm always like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like grumble, grumble, and then you do it, and you're like, wow, this is really nice. <laughs> I yeah. should have done this a yeah. long time ago. Oh, yeah. I should just keep my mouth shut and just say, I find free that rain, so relatable. Let her do whatever she wants to do because she's just so creative and has got tons of good ideas. Yeah. Things. Jessica's the same way. We're like, I'll be working on something, and she'll be like, well, what about like, what about this? And I'm like. I got just. I need to finish this first, and then we'll talk about that. And it's like totally good intentions. Yeah. And it's just, I I don't know. I think it's the way our wives' minds work. It, like it could be, and it could be like that I'm future things, and I'm like present. Like yeah, I don't know. It could be that I'm too tight with money, and it's like we're gonna pay this thing off first before we yeah do the next thing. And there's a lot of something. the stuff we do doesn't cost that much money. It's just you reuse something that's old and you know make it new again. Take two really crappy chairs from Menards that have deck chairs that have totally fallen apart, and with a couple of two by fours and some screws, you put them together and paint it green and make a love seat out of it. And it's just like I would have never thought of that. I would have chopped <laughs> like, them up and burned them. You're you like know? this is awesome. <clears throat> yeah, kind of like tonight when you fixed my mic for me. Sure, it was inventive. Now it doesn't fall over. Yeah. All right, we'll go to the next one. Some of these questions are home related, just because we grew up in the same home. Sure. Um, but this one is more personal. What What is your earliest memory? I don't really remember how old I was when I had this memory, and it's kind of fuzzy. Like, I don't really... I don't really remember the context of it at all. But I had... It was at 
It was at our old house, our old, old house in St. Louis Park. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember two things, and I'm not sure which one happened first. But one of them was I had this harmonica that was shaped like a banana. <laughs> and I was I, don't remember I was story. running around playing it <laughs> in the living room. And that's about all there is to that one. Like I just <laughs> I remember going through the doorway and going to the living room playing my harmonica that was shaped like a banana. And then the other one was one that I remember because it was kind of scary. Um this is back in the day when the meter people would come to read your water oh, meter. Yeah. And like now they just drive a truck down your street or it yeah. uses a radio and like talks to them without them having to come in your house. But they used to have to like walk into your house. And so some dudes knock on the door and I'm like little and I go over and I open up the door and I let them in and they just like run past me into the house. Oh man. And I'm just like, you know, like, Oh my gosh. And they might've talked to me, but I don't remember that. I just remember opening the door right. and they barge some in, go downstairs just and in. do their thing. And, and I'm like, I let weird people in the house. And, you know, that's, that's the time when mom and dad came over and, like, had the little talk with me about, like, <laughs> we don't open the door for yeah. people that we don't know. And we don't, like, you know, these people were fine. And Yeah. But it, that kind of freaked me out. I've never had heard this story before. had to have been, like, three or four. Okay. We'll just move it along here. If you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? I'm not going to I was going to say Teddy Roosevelt, but I'm not going to say Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> He's been a popular one on the podcast. Is it really? Okay. I talked about him with the, I would, again, with the Lee episode. Assuming that there's no language barrier. Yeah. I would, I would sit down and eat with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, that would be, that would be good. That would be amazing. He's kind of a mix of Nazi resistor, um, pastor, like he ran an underground seminary in Germany pacifist when it, was, when it was not allowed. And he's total pacifist, like was a big Gandhi fan. Um, it'd be really interesting to, to chat with him for a little while. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he was a brilliant guy. He was part of the, he, but he was also part of the, uh, assassination attempt with Hitler. Yeah. Like the bomb under the map table. Like that was, he was imprisoned at the time, um, for other reasons, but he would, he orchestrated some of that or at least helped. It was his family, yeah. like the, the group of people that were doing it. Now, they, he, he befriended his warders while he was in jail, while he was in the, the mm-hmm. internment camp or whatever, the war camp. And so they would allow him to, to trade books back and forth with his family members. Oh, okay. And, um, and so they would, they'd flip through the book and put like one dot under one letter on each page. And then the family member would get the book back and they'd go through the book and then string all those letters together and that would be a message that he would send back and forth. Wow, and they I did would not do that, that back and forth for him. So they would use his library at home and and studies and stuff to communicate with the outside. Wow. And so the guards would mail extra letters for him and they wouldn't censor things because he was just such a nice, kind, loving man. Right. That the guards all trusted him. And yeah. He had, he had, I don't remember who it was, but they had a friend, he had a friend come visit him while he was in prison and the guard like led him into the cell next door and it was set up like for tea and you know, they'd sit down and mm-hmm. enjoy a little tea together. And then wow. the guard took the guy back and uh, he had a, obviously they hanged him while he was in, in prison. So that was, that I, knew, I remember was that so he, cool. yeah, I remember that he had died in prison. I didn't remember how it was, it was one of the last 
things that they did for the war. Like they knew the Nazis knew they were going to lose the war, and so they so like, they quick, had made at the last second. Let's kill all these people. He'd probably still be alive today if he hadn't died in the yeah in the war. I remember. I always go back to that really good. I mean, he because he, he was a pacifist and he really wrestled with the fact that Hitler was in an office and I yeah and I feel like being somebody who wants to promote nonviolence like that question always comes up like well, well what about Hitler yeah like, and everybody's like nah, that's dumb everybody goes there and you're like yeah but Dietrich Bonner actually like he did dealt with there. that <laughs> and he did try to kill Hitler yeah and and I just remember this really good quote from him and he and he was talking about like well what does God think what does your God think of you trying to kill Hitler and he was like I didn't ask for permission I asked for forgiveness because yeah I knew what I was doing wasn't right but yeah, he, it, but he just didn't have an answer outside of that it was a, he was in a pretty dark place because yeah. of some of the things that he had done and he didn't like that about himself I think and it's one of the things I would like to ask him about so for a listener he's written a, he's written several books what would be the book that you would tell a listener to read oh, if they were um, to read I guess it depends on where you're at I read the I read the cost of discipleship and that one's pretty heavy, but it was good. Um, he wrote another book that was called Life Together, mm-hmm. which is about living in community with other Christians. That's the only one I've read, and I thought that one was excellent. It's a short it's a short book, like you'd read it in an afternoon. And it's Not amazing to me that he's talking about life together in a community when he's in prison, because yeah. I think he wrote that one from prison. It could be. That's definitely one of his later later works. I think. I haven't read that much of his other stuff. Um, if you want to read a book about Bonhoeffer, then Eric Metaxas wrote a book, a biography about him, and it's fantastic. And there's a movie too, a biography, like a, a documentary, a documentary called Bonhoeffer, and which you've you've given to me to watch, and I never watched it. It's it's amazing. It's excellent. I mean, it's I, really good. I don't have any. I think I gave it back and was like, I'm sorry, I never watched it. That's okay. I forget. Someday, that. I think it might be on Netflix now. It probably is. That was a good answer. All right. What skill or talent do you wish you had or were better at? Oh, this is so funny. I didn't know. I was not prepping for this in terms of this, of your podcast and being on the podcast. Yeah. But I would like to play an instrument, like a musical instrument. Okay. So understand enough about music theory to be like a competent jazz pianist would be would be pretty amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just, now that I think of that answer we just talked about this and we gave me a right to work like bad that i you know like i quit piano lessons after a few weeks and oh i only did it for i maybe did it for a year you actually did recitals and stuff though i can still i can your piece in my head because i can still play it because it was (laughs) like it's just walking the dog yeah yeah yeah. walking the dog oh (laughs) put that one up there with bringing up baby (laughs) you've probably heard it like ten thousand times my kids all take piano lessons because they have a great-grandmother that really wanted them to do that so she pays for all the lessons and that's very cool used piano and and i i I really wish that i could do it that'd be that'd be sweet i can play the three out of the four notes that are required to play the bugle i can't really hit the high one very very consistently did you learn those at camp i did and i self-taught and i practiced in the cooler he closed the cooler door and oh you did oh man can hear you at least not whenever you talk about the cooler i remember that fateful day (laughs) we need it we might have to tell that story man i'm full of camp stories yeah matt and i worked at uh at a camp called camp nathaniel it's an actual it's actually all boys camp like a um a christian all boys camp but 
but where where was I going with this? This well, the story. Yeah. But oh, so every morning and every evening, wake up call was a bugle would be playing outside your cabin, and you'd have to get up, and a bugle would play at night, and that was like the bedtime because none of the cabins had power or anything. It was yep. it was more rustic. Like meals you'd play soupy and yeah, and for assembly you'd play assembly. You know, a lot of military bugle calls mm-hmm. were used to mean different things. So I learned to play because it is. It was like it's a only, Christian Boy Scouts, yeah, basically, pretty much. Um. And there's only four notes in the bugle, so it's not that hard to to pick up. I can play a jaw harp. Oh yeah, and, I remember uh, you have that. And I can I can play. I have a djembe, which is like a hand drum and bongos, and I can play those. So I can play some musical instruments, but it's not like I don't know enough theory to to be like to be like Oscar Peterson on the on the piano would be. Someday amazing. you got time yeah. still. I don't have time. Have time <laughs> yeah. until I die, maybe. <laughs> I don't have time between now and then to learn no, how to do it. No, you don't. No. You're like Groundhog Day, taking yeah. a lesson at a time. And so I think we have we have to go back to the cooler story. Okay. So, it. I mean, I can tell my perspective. Can I, of can it. I preface it by saying it wasn't that big of a deal? Oh, I okay. Okay. I remember. I just felt awful, but I think it was a particularly. You should tell it. Though. So so. So I was I was one of the camp counselors. Matt was actually on staff, and there's there's only like I don't know how many staff members, like three or five, four or yeah. five, yeah. And uh, so I remember it was a particularly hard week for you guys. I don't remember what the I don't situation why, was, but I, I I do remember that. I mean, you had some you had some hard weeks there, yeah. But um, so Matt Matt's a photographer, and you were developing your own film. Yeah, remember film guys. <laughs> yeah uh, we i used to roll my own film like i buy it 100 feet at a time and i had the yeah. equipment to like roll it into smaller rolls and then you know darkroom chemicals yeah. and stuff to be able to develop it and so you had gotten to the point and chime in whenever but you had gotten to the point where you were you were developing your film in the dark with no lights because you didn't have a red light yep. and you the the darkest place to do it was in the camp uh kitchen cooler and so you'd, you'd go in, shut the door, and there was a, the light was on the outside. Yeah, the switch was on the outside of the door. And so um, you had gone in there, and I, I worked in the kitchen a lot when I was there because I was the first year you, you spend most of your time on either the kitchen crew or the grounds crew, and then you have cabins some, some weeks. Yeah. To, on, a, on a nine-week summer, you'll have two or three weeks where you're... Yeah, where you're a camp counselor camp. and yep. the rest of you just send work crew. And uh, Matt went in there, and I remember you had told somebody, don't let anybody in there. And they yeah. had left their post, and yeah. I didn't know. And I just happened to like have to go bring something to the cooler. So I flipped on the outside light, and I opened the door, yeah. and I remember you were, I vividly remember <laughs> this. You were like on your knees in the middle of the cooler with like the film canister, yeah. and you were just like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, people people don't know this, but like that part it has to be done in complete darkness. Yeah. So, um, and you can't use a red light for that. Oh, you, you can't. The, no. Oh, you okay. Use, use the red light when you're doing um, paper, because the black and white paper doesn't respond to the red light, and so you can use that. So then you can see what you're doing. But when you, um, when you do the film, you have to take it out of the film canister and string it out, and then and then you have to like roll it on this little canister, and it's a huge pain in the butt. 
Normal people have a black bag that they use for it, and it's just called the bag o dark. <laughs> and you put all the stuff in it, and, and it's got a double zipper, and it's got like hand pockets or whatever. Okay. So you can sit there and just do it in the oh, light and okay. not have to worry about it. Well, I didn't know about the bag o dark, and I was in the cooler, and it was true. I had gotten out of the canister, and I had strung it out like, and it was the whole oh. thing was out, and you flip the light on, and in like a half a second or whatever, it's all, oh, it's all gone. I just but it was it was terrible. one of the cooks was supposed to stand there, and she left. Like Shoot. she was like, okay, and I don't know what happened, but she left. I just didn't think anybody was gonna go yeah. back there. She bought me a candy bar. Oh, know, to say to say sorry. That's nice. I don't think I had anything super important on there. There was I, one kid that said, and "I'm not telling you this to make you feel bad." No, there was one kid. I took in a picture of him like launching his model rocket, and I think I got it at just the right time or whatever. And he yeah. said he wanted a copy, so I told him I would make him one. But I don't think I also remember. I remember that you took a picture. This is gonna sound so vain. But you took a picture of me riding bareback, shirtless. <laughs> oh, no, really? Shirtless bareback. I remember bareback. taking the picture. I didn't know that was on that Because we had horses at the camp. And I remember you took that picture, and I was like, that's going to be my masterpiece oh, picture. All right. And then, Well, I forgot about that, it's gone. so you punished yourself. <laughs> I mean, that was at the height, you know? Like, yeah. almost, it was, I think it was my senior year of high school. And now I've gained a bunch of weight. Well, we can do it's it again. <laughs> Just need to find a horse. <laughs> yeah, that won't be creepy at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, go drive back up to camp. Hey, guys, I'm just going to ride this horse around shirtless yeah. for a while. Well, they don't have horses anymore, so sorry. Wait, they got rid of all the horses? They did, yeah. It was kind of an oh. insurance and expense thing, but it was sad, but they don't have horses anymore. That is sad. Well, there you have it. Uh, all right. If you could go back in time, what year would you choose? You've seen the movie Back to the Future 3, right? Yeah. So the story is kind of about an engineer that ends up going back to the Old West, and he's, like, brilliant because he knows about all his inventions <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. I have thought about that. But he's got to hide most of it. That's true. Till he's got those colored logs that he's thrown into the steam engine at yeah. the end. So I'm I'm an engineer, and I love making things. And there are, like, the glory days of engineering. So you can think about things like the Apollo missions and mm-hmm. working for NASA during that time, Bell Labs and all the stuff that they were doing, like inventing the first transistor and arguably the most important invention of the, ninth, of the 19th or the 20th century. Okay. So to go to work with and learn from those guys would be would be pretty amazing. I think that would probably be my answer. That's I pretty, can't decide between Apollo cool. missions and Bell Labs and and like the Bell Labs and the transistor that was a mind blowing thing that they thought could be done and they just get together and work together in a lab, much smaller group, but working work together in a lab until they figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then and then the invention like slowly changes the world over over time. Yeah, no kidding. Or with respect to the Manhattan Project, changes the world in one instant <laughs> or two instances. Yeah. And not always in great ways. Right. <clears throat> but I mean, th- that type of monster engineering power to try to solve a problem that they're pretty sure can be solved because physics tells them that it should be possible, but they're not really sure how. Mm-hmm. When well, you're talking about Einstein and... Right. And uh, what's the rocket guy? Fun. No, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, edit edit that part out, Jeff. I don't want to sound like a <laughs> yeah, buffoon. Kind of, that. No, it's fine. Going to school to be a youth pastor, I didn't really... Uh, I didn't take yeah. any engineering classes, yeah. that's for sure. That that part would have been pretty amazing. And I th- I think some of that stuff 
I mean, the atom bomb, I know they really realized that they stumbled upon something. Yeah. Did they feel the same way with the transistor? Did they say like we discovered we discovered this? This is going to change the world. The same way, but they or is it more like should have ten, fifteen years down the line? Somebody said, "Well, we could use that for this," or was it really? Um, It was it more immediate than that? I think it was more immediate than that because they were trying to replace vacuum tubes Mm. with the transistors. You're talking about amplifiers and computers. Used to be like if you imagine a room that has. 10,000 40 watt light bulbs in it. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. That's what these computers used to be like. And they were making a little piece of silicon that didn't move and didn't burn out. And it was going to replace that and do the same thing in a much smaller space. Wow. I mean, the first one that they made was the size of a pack of cigarettes, you know, like it was pretty big. Yeah. But still, it was like it worked the way that they thought. A lot smaller than what they were working with at the time. And I mean, it was like the old computers would be like, oh, that tube burned out and you got to shut the whole thing down and go in there and take it out. And mm-hmm. it's like a light bulb. So you got to replace it back in with one that worked and, or a moth would die in there and your computer program would run badly. And that's why they actually call it debugging. When they yeah. The first debugging code, because they would actually have to go in the computer and take the bugs out like literal dead bugs. <laughs> yeah. They were jammed up and stuff. That's so funny to me. It's just stuck. Yep. It's just been that way now. Here's this is another brother question for me. What's your favorite or least favorite family tradition, brother? I I think we've been there. <laughs> we've we covered bringing up baby. That's. <laughs> I mean, it could be your immediate, like your own family unit too. Oh, okay. <laughs> favorite or least favorite? <laughs> bringing up baby. I didn't see that. Yeah, favorite or least favorite. Um, so when we were growing, when we were growing up, we, for Christmas morning, we would go to four different places on Christmas day. Mm -hmm. So we would start in Wisconsin at my, you know, grandma and grandpa's house. And then we would drive to, we would drive straight to to grandma and grandpa's house in Plymouth. And then we would go home for a little bit and then we'd go to my aunt and uncle's house for dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was normal for me. Like, that was what Christmas looked like. You got up and you drove all over the place and went and saw everybody. Yeah. And when I got married, we would split and, you know, Chloe would, we would do Christmas with her family one year and then our family the next. And her family all goes to the same place and sits in the same place and doesn't really go anywhere or do anything too crazy other than walking around for three days. And it was like, oh man, this is like an extended family gathering where we get to know people and stuff. So I actually love our Christmas celebrations that we do on the Hilden side of the family. Mm -hmm. I just wish they were longer. Our family's very good at getting together, eating a meal. And then immediately after that, maybe they sit for a little bit, but then pretty much right after that, you take off. Our family? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty close to that. Because we all live like within the same area, you know, so it's not hard for us to get together. Yeah. But there's been a couple times where we've like for Christmas recently where we'll get together and bring all the kids and we all, even though we live within 10 miles of mom and dad's place, we all stay at mom and dad's place. Yeah. I think that's been a nice newer tradition for us. Super fun. Yeah. So that's a, that's a new favorite. All right. What is the strangest thing you have ever seen? Boy, this is, this might be dark. That's okay. I've, and Um, I do have two dark ones probably right in a row, but 
Okay, is this one of them? <laughs> yeah, this is okay, one of them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this it doesn't have to always be dark, but it no. can turn dark. No, there's... We we took a trip to go and volunteer for a child care center in Haiti. Uh-huh. Um, so we were in Cap Haitian, which is the second largest city. Port-au-Prince, where they had the earthquake, is the biggest city in Haiti. And you think, all right, second largest city in Haiti would be like... St. Paul, you know, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota is the largest city in the state and St. Paul is the second largest. And so it'd be like St. Paul, right? You know, pretty modern buildings. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I've never been to Port-au-Prince, so I don't really know what Port-au-Prince is like. Okay. But Cap Haitian is just all dirt roads. And if you can even call them, it's roads because tra- cars go on them. Um, but the, the city is just like buildings built up against these dirt roads and the buildings are all in really various states of disrepair. And this is years before the earthquake happened. But, like, buildings would f- just fall down. Wow. Like, just because they're old and not maintained well and not built well. Wow. So we were downtown, and a building collapsed. And um, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't speak the, speak the language. I didn't speak um, Creole. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, but I knew people were yelling and I thought it was like, there had been some political unrest at the time. And so I kind of thought that's maybe what it was about. Sure. But then I saw pickup trucks driving away, not ambulances, not state vehicles, just people's pickup trucks driving away from this building that had collapsed with injured people, like a woman in the back of the pickup truck oh my gosh. that had been hurt and was, you know, crying and blood and... right. All this stuff, and there's just some dudes in a pickup truck trying to get her somewhere. Yeah. Um, it was hard, hard to see. Very different than than here. Yeah, like no Buildings kidding. don't fall over for no reason no. in the United States, generally. Um, Sometimes bridges in Minnesota. And and then and we drive by another building on the same day that had where part of it had fallen off. And this was you know years ago or or whatever, but. So you imagine an apartment building with lots of units in it and the apartment units are just one row of apartment units are all cut in half because the side of the building just wow. falls off. And were people living in the building at the and time? And people were still living in the building after that. So wow. they had punched a hole in the wall and they and so you go through the door and there's just half a room and it opens up into open space and down 50 feet or whatever and clothesline strung up and that was their porch. People wow. continuing to live in that in that space in those conditions. Was eye-opening. I've never heard that story before. I mean, I knew that you worked in that you went and helped in Haiti, but I don't. I never heard that story. Yeah, it was it was hard to hard to see. Oh, I can't imagine. Was there a bunch of dust too and stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, it, everything's dusty and and stinky. But I mean, when the building but, like yeah collapsed, it was just yep. like a. Cloud and it wasn't of the dust. whole building. It was just like you know the the face of it falls off. Crazy. I, yeah, it's 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 very different. They um. Their taxi, this is a lighthearted story to go with it. Okay. But the their taxis are called Tap Taps. And they're just like, imagine a Toyota pickup truck, like the little ones, the mm-hmm. little two-seater Toyota pickup trucks, with a bed in the back and a topper on it usually. And there's just bench seats in the back. And it's the taxis just kind of drive around in a circle, like a bus. Uh-huh. And so you just through the city. And they don't go very fast. Nothing goes fast. So you just get in the back of the, the thing and... You ride for a little while, and when you get off, you give the guy like eight cents. 
and that's your just, it's just whatever your, the is it a standing fare or just kind uh, of yeah it's like if you're in the city it's it's just like downtown and there's a downtown zone that's uh-huh. it's all really informal but there's like a downtown zone and you okay you pay a nickel if you're inside of that so you must have had to have a guide with you uh we had people that lived there that were okay you know like the missionaries that were there were taking right. us around but i'm i get in this i get in the tap tap right and we stop at the next step and it's full. Like we're all in this thing. There's no room for anybody. We're all just cheek to cheek on this, on this thing. And, um, a lady wants to get on and she just gets in without saying a word and without looking at me or anything. She just gets in and sits in my lap. <laughs> and I'm like, this might be normal. Like this must be normal. Cause, but it's really weird for me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she can... rides in my lap for a little while and, Again, without saying anything to me or whatever, she gets off and gives the guy his nickel for riding the tap tap. Oh man, That's... was was anyone else sitting on anyone else's lap? Nope, I think it was. <laughs> I, I was the first one okay. to have that happen. Okay. So it wasn't. Like, that's why it was, was such a big surprise. Okay, uh, maybe, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, you were the first I one. I doubt it. I don't think it was because I was you know extraordinarily good looking or anything like that. <laughs> but then after that, guys sitting on guys' laps and you know like right, it was, okay, it was a thing. Yeah. But you're in a wow. you're in a back seat of a Toyota pickup truck with a top on it. It's not like you can stand up to make more room. You just oh kidding, that's got to be small. The guys, the ladies would sit on laps on the inside, and the guys would just like hang on, hang off the back. I wonder why they had a topper on it. That's hot. Oh, do you think that so that would keep it cooler? Uh, you're in the shade at least. Yeah, that's true. Or it was it was we were there during the rainy season too. So oh, if it okay. was rainy then. That I was thinking it'd be I think like a topper in the heat would make it like a hot box or something. But yeah. Yeah, there weren't windows in it. It was dark. Wow. I don't know. It's not a big pickup truck. No. They're small. Yeah, no kidding. That's crazy. That was a good story. So here's the one that sometimes can get dark, but when was the last time you were afraid? Mm. As a as a parent, you read stories about like children that die. And yeah. Don't you don't really have a good reason for why it happens all the time. You mm-hmm. know, it's not always like SIDS. What the Oof. crap? What the crap, man? You're like you got your I little know. baby and you've had it for less than a year and you go to put it to bed and it doesn't wake up again. I can't imagine what that would be like. Oh, uh, no. Now, all of our kids are over a year and haven't had that happen. I recently read that it can happen through your teens. But what? It's, it's really rare. Oh man. Like like one in a million rare, but still like there are still one in a million. Yeah. <clears throat> I I I remember being worried about that at the beginning when you're when Max was first yeah. born. I just had conversations with my kids. I just sat them down and said, I'm gonna need you to not die of SIDS, okay? <laughs> and they and they, you know, <laughs> giggled at me or whatever. And that was yeah. we had our conversation. I said my piece and then put it down. But as as a parent, you know, these things kinda happen and you go into these modes where you're just like what if that happened? What would I do? Yeah. But you know, these, these worst case right. scenario type things. Yeah. And it, you do feel genuine fear during those totally. times. Um, and I'll go through that every once in a while, but then you're just like, but everything's probably going to be fine. Like I, I'm enough of an engineer where I can say statistically it's unlikely to happen. And if it does, I can't do anything about it. And since I can't do anything about it and it's unlikely to happen, it doesn't make sense for me to worry about it anymore. And so then I'll stop. But there are times where you're just like the the icy ball that you get in your stomach, you know. Uh-huh. That's a very real. That's very real fear. That's, that's a totally different 
personality trait that you and I don't share. Like, I my mind does not have the capability to just say, stop worrying about well, this. I'd probably say that it can do that, and it doesn't and at some levels, there. but yeah. I can convince myself that something's ridiculous and and move on in some cases for stuff like that. Right. right. I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense to worry about it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah. If for me, if I write it down, Oh, that helps you too. know, like I, if there's something's on my brain, like I'll have some idea for an invention or mm-hmm. like, I'm always thinking about some big problem at work or whatever. And all of a sudden all things fall into place. I have this eureka moment, this aha moment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes having the moment isn't enough. Usually I got to write it down. So grab a dry erase marker and write it on the whiteboard or the mirror or whatever. And, mm-hmm in the bathroom and then then I can go to sleep. I had I used to have a notebook by my bed where I would write stuff down, like crazy dreams. Yeah. Crazy but like or if I was worried about something, I would grab it and be like, "Oh, I'm worried about this. I'm just going to try yeah. and write it down and then maybe it'll go away." Yep. Or uh yeah, crazy dreams too, but if I would wake up and my notes wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Like at all. <laughs> it would cuz I cuz I would read those. Oh, uh, I I would write them in bullet points. Okay. So like seriously it would be like green baby pee everywhere <laughs> playstation 4 <laughs> like okay well that's like, glad i wrote that down and i could help me sleep last night yeah <laughs> yeah and it would that that would be a dream that's not stuff that i'm worried about but. yeah well like cs lewis <laughs> prayer helps too you know like cs oh, lewis yeah. talks about how I'm going to get this mostly wrong, but hopefully a little bit right. He'll forgive you. But but C.S. Lewis talks or writes about um, prayer not being for God. It's more about for us. Like mm-hmm. we need to process things and verbalize things and God's character doesn't change, but ours does. And so when you sit and talk to God about these things that you're afraid of, it really does help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I spoke to an atheist not too long ago that said the same kind of sentiment i was asking him about you know he was an atheist and i said well what does that mean could you tell me more about that i'm mm-hmm. just interested in knowing you as a person and how that fits in with who you are and stuff and i was like well i suppose prayer isn't a big thing for you and he's like oh no it is and i was like well how does that work and he's like well if there's this infinitesimally small chance that god exists and there's an infinitesimally small chance that he can do something for me and prayer is free, I might as well do it. <laughs> and I was like, hey, that's that's honest. You know, like that's totally yeah, no fine. Kidding. Yeah. So my challenge to him was to to ask God to prove to him that God existed. Huh. <clears throat> and I was like, it doesn't cost you anything. You can do it by yourself. If it doesn't work out and you know Right, if nothing no big happens. deal, but if God right. blows your mind, you know. Yeah. Hey. I think that's good that there's that openness there to be like, well, Maybe. Oh, this guy, this guy was amazing. Like just, we were connected on many, many levels and that was, that was one of them. That's cool. Very different in our belief systems, but shared a lot of experiences with engineers. He was an engineer too. Okay. Them for, yeah. For years. That, I think that's. That sort of openness and honesty is refreshing. And I think we need to have more conversations like that. With oh people. yeah, totally. And I think it's, I think it's challenging for everybody involved. Like yeah, <clears throat> just asking somebody why do you think that or why do you believe that and doing it without getting angry at the end of it yeah can bring everybody like i feel like it brings so many people closer together yeah because one you you actually care about what somebody else thinks which is yeah which is great and everybody ever i think everyone needs their minds challenged 
And if you're and if you're believing something and you can't withstand a challenge, I think you really need to think about what you're believing. Yeah. I was talking to a missionary two weeks ago and they said Christians are really, really good at giving people answers that they haven't asked for. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, that's yeah, that's so true. Like, yeah. you know, is it first Peter that says always be prepared to yeah. give an answer to anyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. Uh-huh. But everybody forgets the next part of the verse that says, do this with gentleness and respect. <laughs> you kind of leave the gentleness and respect part off oh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think when you approach people and you just want to know them and who they are, that's what's really important. And people people like that. People like to be right. known. And I think and, it's unfortunate that sometimes you have to prove that you don't have any agenda to asking them why. Yeah. And it's more... I really want to get to know you better. Yeah. Like, well, and at is... the end of the day, you know, your relationship with God is a very personal thing. And whether or not you believe God exists is a very personal thing. And yeah. it's not my job to change your mind. It's my job to introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ and allow you to have whatever relationship you're going to have. It's also my job to respect your choice, whatever you whatever you happen to say. Right. I think that's a and I, I good response. We, I think many Christians really screw that up yeah and that's yeah annoying. i totally agree <laughs> yes and i i've, I've I screwed it up too right? right i mean i oh yeah definitely not definitely not perfect but i think i've learned from my friend alan who was amazing and he taught me a lot of stuff about what that really looks like yeah it's very cool two left oh okay and then you can ask then you get to ask me what is a change in your life you would like to make this year and if that's too personal, you don't have to answer. No, that's all right. I guess you can make it as personal as you want. Something that I would be uncomfortable <laughs> answering. This is a safe place. I always tell people that, like, the internet yeah, is totally the safe. The internet is totally don't safe. You don't have comments enabled in your blog, so you're okay. No, I don't. I don't have any way people read. I guess people can reach me on Twitter, but nobody yeah. really has yet. I'm gonna reach you on Twitter. Good. I'm always. Things. This is a little side note, little plug. I'm always looking for new questions. So if anybody has any Ooh. questions that they want to ask or want me to ask, find me on Twitter and tweet at me or send me a direct message questions. Okay. Sorry. That's my plug. I had things that I wanted to, that I've said that I wanted to do. Like I, there's a professional engineering exam mm-hmm. that you can take, which you take in two parts. The fundamental engineering exam is what you take typically when you just graduate from school. It's kind of like passing the bar exam for being a lawyer, except you don't actually need it to do engineering work. Uh You need it if you were going to do like government work. Oh, okay. It's more important for civil engineers or or structural engineering, that sort of thing. I'm guessing it'll give you some serious clout. If you're gonna if you're gonna build a building that's not in Haiti and it's not gonna fall over, you have to have a (laughs) PE license, professional engineering license, so that you can sign off on the plans. Okay. And I have the book to study for that, and I would love to do it in the next year, but that's not actually realistic. I'm not going to. Right. I know that about myself. I'm not actually going to get that done. But I, I like to say that I live life a half a day at a time. <laughs> it's like, people are like, what are you doing tonight when you go home? They ask me this at work, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I remember I'm just riding, gonna, riding together in the car. I was like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, yeah what are you doing this weekend? And you're just like, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to get through today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get through the morning. But it would be... It would be fun to get my professional engineering license at some point, but that probably okay. won't happen in the next year. You won't, you won't be able to hold me. No, I'm, I'd like to do that. I do want to learn to fly. That's mm-hmm. that's a big thing, and I'm going to take my first lesson in two weeks. Oh, so that's there you go. That's that's, that's awesome. Cool. So I'm gonna. There's a glider school uh, near. I think it's near Faribault. 
I think that's the closest big city. They How don't let you. Fairbor, Fair, Fairbow, Fairbow, Fairbow. South, to the south. Okay, it, it can't be in major urban areas because gliders are, are so a glider is a plane without an engine on it. Oh, okay. Um, and there's two ways to get it up in the air. One of them is to hook it up to a plane that doesn't have an engine, and then that plane takes off, and you it's like a ski rope pulls you up there. Mm-hmm. There's a little handle inside the glider that when you get high enough, you pull that and it lets the rope go Oh, crazy. There's a little parachute on it and it goes back down to the ground. Um, actually the tow plane one, they just dragged the line behind it. The other one is a winch launch, which is a 330 horsepower Corvette engine that sits in a tractor that doesn't move. And they put that down on the, what? on the runway and they hook you up to that and you say, hit it. And they, they floor it on this thing. Oh, so it's man. just a, it's this it's this supercharged engine that sits there and pulls the rope really hard and you get about two thousand feet out of that. Is it like the thing things on aircraft carriers that help the planes no, take not off? Quite, not quite like that. <laughs> I think a glider would break up and the little tiny <laughs> pieces like, if you put it on that thing. So you they get it up in the air and the most of them are two seaters. You sit front to back like a tandem bicycle. Mm-hmm. And the instructor sits behind you, and so my first lesson will be just mostly me riding and talking to the instructor about. How Still, that's really works. cool. Is that how they normally, how you normally start out learning how to fly? No, doing the glider thing. No, a lot of people do gliders because it's cheap. Like you know, you can if you have your own plane, which of course I probably will never have my own plane. But if you do have your own plane, a winch, a winch launch is like twenty bucks. It's really, oh, it's really cheap. Wow. So and the the planes are less expensive. There's no engine on them. Mm-hmm. What I've what I've been told is that people that know how to fly a glider really know how an aircraft handles oh. and just have a great sense for the plane and the mechanics and what it can do and efficiency. Like you're, you're always trying to be as efficient as possible in the air. Cause you only get, you only have so sure. much potential energy and when it's all gone, you're down on the ground. And I've heard people say that when they want to switch to that to a powered aircraft, they only have to take like two or three lessons. And the instructor's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you're good. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I mean, I knew that you wanted to fly. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I like wanted to fly stuff. for a really, really long time. And I'm excited to finally take the, take the lesson. That's very cool. That's a good one. So technically I'll have achieved my goal in just two weeks. Yeah, so maybe that's perfect. not fair. I'm just, just going to check in with you. Softball question. You know, like <laughs> no I'll way. have a log book and I'll have some hours on it. This is, it's just a, uh, well, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm not going to be texting you being like, Hey, okay. You do that goal yet? <laughs> <laughs> nag, 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 Dave. <laughs> it's my style. All right. Last one. You probably knew this one was coming, but what is the best advice you have ever received? This is the time where I would like bust out some nugget of wisdom that mom or dad has given me. Yeah. Uh, and they've given me lots of really great advice. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I, I had a, so when I was working at camp, I was the maintenance director mm-hmm. when I was, when I was on staff there. So I was responsible for like fixing anything that broke, making sure that vehicles and buildings and piping systems and, electrical stuff you name it right it, it anything that broke was my you job had to, to learn fix. a lot and there was a guy named jim jim schrader who was a pipe fitter and was kind of took me under his wing and mentored me in a bunch of stuff but he had this uh bucket boss it was called they're all around now but it's like you take a five gallon bucket and you put like a tool belt like on the bucket oh yeah so you carry the bucket around it's got all your tools on it 
And he had those and I always like, you know, lusted after them. It was just like, <laughs> oh, Bucket Boss is so cool. The Bucket Boss. Yeah. So, you know, he bought me one. So he gives me this Bucket Boss, right? And he just writes a little note on it that says, Matt, remember, the more you put in it, the heavier it gets. Jim. <laughs> 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 so that was that was that was good advice yeah. and it sounds funny but it made me laugh and it still makes me laugh to this day he did give me one other bit of good advice which was um he told me that you can't be a worker and a foreman at the same time hmm. and i was always like oh yeah right you can totally make that work and i'm bullheaded and stupid enough that i've tried to make that work over the over points in my career where i was part manager and part worker mm-hmm. and he's right it doesn't work no, you just you can't have real deadlines when you can't estimate your time. And as a manager, your job is to answer all your questions and empower your empower people so that they can do a good job and get their stuff done. And you don't know how many times a day you're going to be interrupted and you right. don't know how serious they're going to be. Therefore, you can't have a fixed amount of time to get your stuff done and you can't you can get things done, you just can't tell people when they'll be finished and it turns out in the business world it's kind of important <laughs> yeah to tell people when you're going to be done with something yeah people like that so he's he was right about that it's good advice yeah it's that whole delegation thing yeah it's not easy it's not as much fun as doing the real work in some cases no, in my yeah. job yeah i work for a company that's small enough now where i can don't have to manage lots of stuff and I get to do a lot of the work and it's a, it's a good mix. It's a good mix. Yeah. The deadlines aren't quite as hard fast either. That's good. That's good advice. The heavy thing's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I should have saved the note. I don't think I have it anymore. Oh, folded it up in your wallet. I was digging around going back to the photography thing. I was digging yeah. around in my, in my basement and, um, found an old book of black and white photographs that I had taken. And I had a really sweet picture of Jim in there wearing all of his like piping gear and uh-huh. you know, standing next to his, you know, buckets of tools and pipe bender or whatever he was working on. Yeah. And I sent it to him. That's cool. I should look him up. He's a good friend. Now it's, now it's your turn for part of the evening. I, I know what I'm going to ask you, but I, and I, I did try, I honestly really did try to think of a better question than this, but this is, the Oh, it's fine. I do. I would, Anything's game. This is then you're my brother, so I I know a lot about you already. Yes, and I'm tempted to ask, "Hey, do you remember the time when?" And then tell a really embarrassing story about you, but I I won't do that. Okay, like no, that like never the happened. time when you no good night no, no, click. Do it. You edit it. Show's out. over. You edit it. Edit it out anyway. Storm off. I quit. Uh, I would I would love it if, and I'm going to ask you to tell me a story. I think, but okay. I can phrase it as a question. That's fine. I, I would love it if you would tell me about something that you did that was just like stupendously stupid. Like some, <laughs> something that you look back on and you say, wow, that was dumb. I can't believe I did that. And you're not allowed to say getting married because, you know, that wasn't dumb. No, that was. Oh, man. I remember. We had one of those plastic kiddie pools. Yeah. And like the ones like a foot and a half deep or something like that. Not like the really thin ones that you get a cub. Yeah. The grocery store here, but but like foot and a half ones that you fill up with water, they're all flimsy, but then they get 
once they're all filled with water, the walls stay together. Do you know? Do you remember what yeah, I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. And my, and dad and mom had like a six foot tall scaffolding, or maybe it was higher. <laughs> oh, do you remember this? I totally remember the scaffold. Yeah, and we we ran the garden hose from the house and just left it running in the pool, and then we set the scaffolding up right next to the pool, and we had those snow tubes. Oh man, do you remember? I I don't remember what oh, it's about to happen. Oh okay, but I I remember setting it up back there. And we we climbed up those scaffolding, and we would jump off and put the snow tubes under our butts and like land in the kiddie pool, and all the water would Dude, splash out. Yeah, and then the garden hose would just run, and we would just do that over and over. Yeah. Now being a homeowner, I'm like that was so much water. <laughs> <laughs> And I just remember like how dangerous that probably was, and I have no idea where mom and dad were. I t- we were I re- old enough that we could have set up a scaffolding, like a painter's scaffold. So, yeah, uh, that's, it was that's so bizarre. We, but we were in. The, I think dad helped us set us up, set it up. I remember that. Yeah, to play on that it or summer. something like that. Because yeah. it's we not like, like now that I think about it, six feet's not that hot. Not that it's high it's, enough when you're jumping into a foot of water. Right. I re- I remember that too, though. We had like some canvas or something, and we draped it over that, and it was like a forward or a tent or something. Right. You know, because it was multi-level, so you could have uh, the bottom part and some part in the middle and then also the top. Right. And I remember, yeah. Yeah. And I just remember, like, I recently talked to mom and dad about it, and they were like, you did that? Oh, like, man. where were we? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> I was, remember. I need to tell another jumping off a scaffold yeah, story yeah. for you. Okay. And this is about you, so I'm about to embarrass <laughs> no, you a little fine. bit. that's fine. But so, you know, dad used to work, and he was the <laughs> warehouse manager story. or whatever, yeah. you know? And, like, yeah. Larry the, was the name of this older guy that worked there. And oh, we'd, my like, gosh. like, give Larry a heart attack. Because these are, like, you know, full-size warehouse shelves. Yeah. And we would climb all over them, like, climb up to the top and jump from one to another and stuff. Yeah. And, and he would, I, I didn't know this until later, but like Larry would go to dad and be like, you got to get those kids out of there. And dad was always just like, they'll be fine. It's not a big deal. So there was one night where we were back there and there was nobody else around. It was after hours. Dad was working late for whatever. And he, he had used to, to take do inventory us, once a yeah, month. So he, he would go to late. Work. So he wasn't back there either. So we were just mucking around in the warehouse by ourselves. And they had those like ginormous bags of, st- of styrofoam peanuts back there. Right. And, and I don't like, know if mom and dad know the story or we, not either. We were, I don't remember how old we were either, but we were like we were like dropping them off the shelves down to the ground. Yeah, and you know bringing them back up, which is pretty harmless. They don't weigh that much or whatever. But I turn my back for a minute and I hear this boom, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you had like dropped a bag and then yeah. decided it would be a really good idea from ten feet up or maybe even higher to jump off this giant shelf on top of the bag of peanuts and it popped. <laughs> so like. Boom! This huge noise, pink styrofoam <laughs> peanuts everywhere, and and we were both just like, "Oh crap, we got to fix this." So I think we like, it was a big hole in the one side of the bag, so it didn't like yeah. rupture the whole thing. Yeah, we scooped up what we could and used the broom to sweep it up or whatever. Put everything back in there, and then taped it with like scotch tape, and then put it in the back like as if it was gonna hide forever and no one would ever notice. <laughs> They get the peanuts down. I'm sure they noticed. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did too. It's like scotch tape, just whole. We we oh, did remember that stuff so like that all the time. I was there with a friend, and we asked. We were playing some game about how we were fighting the Nazis or something. So we asked Dad to like write a note, a handwritten note that was signed, you know, Adolf Hitler, and you know, talking about <laughs> putting the Americans in jail or whatever. I don't remember what it was. And like, so that was our. We were playing some role play thing and this note was really important while trying to smuggle it or steal it or something i don't remember what we were doing 
and we put it inside of a little plastic enclosure that they would use like in the factory to make their things that they made at, yeah. his, at his shop and then put it in a briefcase and then put the briefcase on a shelf and like years later not years later because they didn't turn the inventory off that slow but like a year later one of the workers at the factory finds this note inside of a plastic case that's just like <laughs> talking about killing people or whatever and putting them in jail and it's signed by dad but it's signed Adolf Hitler and they bring oh, it to yeah. him and they're like oh, I'm pretty sure this is your handwriting like what's this all about <laughs> oh that's amazing I don't remember that oh man that's good stuff you win you that that is one of the stupidest things I've done. Ever. Oh, it's not that stupid. That was fun. That was fun. It was probably really dangerous. Uh, that's I funny. I do have I have mine if I'm allowed to. Yeah. To tell one yeah. more one more story, but we have my parents to this day still have railroad tracks in their backyard, oh. and it's like the Burlington and Northern Santa Fe line, and it's you know sixty mile an hour plus big freight trains going through there, and in the and, busiest time it could be like one an hour. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's. It's busy rail line. Right. So me being the engineer geeky type, I had hooked up my dad's oscilloscope to the rails with a wire. Um, don't do this because it's probably trespassing or, or something. And this is before nine eleven, <laughs> so they'd they'd lock you up as a terrorist if you did this. But like yeah. you nah, could it... you could tap into the rails and listen and like you know, watch in the oscilloscope the signals that go back and forth across the rails because they use the rail like a wire to to turn the colors of the lights from green to yellow to red. Oh. Mm-hmm. So we were like intercepting those signals or like sniffing them so we could tell when a train was going to come before it came. And this is years and years ago. And um, so I noticed that a train was coming and I heard a train coming and I was like, well, I'm going to run out there and just watch the train go by, which is not that weird. We did that all the time. Yeah, we still do. But for some reason, I thought, I would like to watch the train go by from the other side of the tracks. And it was like coming close and coming pretty fast. And I'm like, no big deal. I'll just hop across and be to the other side and, and wave at the guy. And I don't know what, I, it's like it's going to be better on the other side of the tracks. I don't know. Yeah. I tripped on the first rail. Going I didn't know it was the over. first rail. <laughs> so there's the two rails, right? And the first one that came up to me, I tripped on it and fell. So I fell, and my ankles are on the one rail that's closest to our house, and my hands are on the other one that's <sighs> farthest from the house. And I look at the train, and it's like right there on top of me, going 60 miles an hour. Uh. And the guy's laying on the horn and all this, right? And I pull with my arms really hard and like scoot across and turn around and by the time i turned around the train was already there oh like my I, gosh. I probably had about three seconds before impact oh probably. man <clears throat> hands down the dumbest thing that i've ever done to make matters worse mom is in the house on the phone and she sees the whole thing except she can't see on the other side of the train that i'm fine yeah so she thinks that maybe i get hit by the train oh, maybe not man. i don't have legs anymore or something and so she's got to wait for this freight train to go by for a minute or two or however long it takes in a total panic. And did she run out to the track? She so? did, yeah. Okay. And the train goes by and she's there. So I think I'm just going to catch it like bad when dad gets home, right? And yeah. we're sitting eating dinner and dad just stops eating for a moment and looks up at me and he goes, new rule, if you can see the train, you're not allowed to cross the tracks to the other side. And I was like, 
deal. Like I, <laughs> and that was it. I didn't. I didn't have any other kind of like right. punishment or consequence. I, I think he figured that I. Had oh, I'm my sure that's scary enough as is. Crap in my pants when I was almost hit by the train. Oh, like going back to that whole being a scared parent thing. Like yeah. Oh my gosh! I talk about stupid things to do. Like I had no reason to do it. That no, was, that was definitely the dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. That's all we got. That's it. Yeah, thank you for coming. This is yeah, good. This is it's, it's fun. been fun. I've been looking forward to it. Special for, episode of Hildo spills the beans with with brother Hildo. Did they ever, did anyone ever call you Hildo? Yeah, yeah, they did. I think it's just I think it just goes with the Hilda name. Yeah, Somebody attaches I think they it. Called and just Dad calls Hildy when he was in school. Yeah, that's how I got my name Hildo. Yeah, school. That's another story for another time, y'all. All right. <laughs> thanks for listening this has been Hildo Spills the Beans uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Hilden and you can also list, uh, go to the website it's hil.do check it out and when I post this episode I'll post Matt's Twitter handle as well Yeah. so thanks again Matt this has been good yeah thank you and good night everybody Remember, the more you put in it, the heavier it gets. I had this harmonica that was shaped like a banana. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. I'll just ask him. Hey. I'll just ask him. Hi. Hey, I'll just ask him. Hey, I'll just ask him. Hey, I'll just ask him. I'll just ask it. Hey, I'll just ask it. H I L D 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 I'll just ask it. I'll just ask it. Hi.